running for the touchdown. Jackpot, baby. Josh Jacobs. Welcome to the JT The Brick Show. Always exciting to play at home. We all want to play at home, and this is an unbelievable venue to play at. It's time for the JT The Brick Show. On a personal level for me, I, I just, we can't wait to get to game day, right? We can't wait to get on the grass. JT The Brick. Cars up underneath James. Going to fire quickly. Jackpot, baby. Touchdown, Raiders. On Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. Here's your host, JT The Brick. Out of the gate, JT with you as we begin on what is a really busy day today. Wow. We, we think we nailed this show for you today. Wait till we tell you what we have as we open up the show on Raider Nation Radio, brought to you by our good friends at Golden Entertainment. Uh, we are thrilled about Golden Entertainment and everybody involved with that great company as they fuel the monologue with PTs, Sarah Gold, Sean Patrick. Everything they do, they own the Strat, they do everything for us, and they get me ready every day to bring you what I think is the best Raider content that you could get, not because of me, but because of the people that we bring on the air. And today we have Darren Waller, who was over at the Raiders today, and I interviewed the head coach, Rich Passaccia. You'll hear that tomorrow. You'll see it Saturday on the Silver and Black Show, and it's pretty intense over there today. This is do or die time now. So when I was over there, Will Kiss in charge of media said, we can get you Darren Waller today, and I said, please do. He's nominated for the NFL Man of the Year, and I want to talk to him about that. I'm not going to talk to him about his injury. We're not going to get any injury information from him. Other than how you doing? But I want to talk about what he's doing in life and the vision that he has going forward. He is very active in this community, and that's why he's the Raiders nominee for Man of the Year. So I'm excited to talk to him about that, his endeavors and what he's doing outside of football and what he thinks about this team and what can happen in the next couple of weeks here. Bill Romanowski at the top of the hour. I bring in Bill and Phil, Phil Villapiano-Foo and Romocop, Bill Romanowski, when I need some intensity fueled into the Raider Nation. Guys who have split their helmets open trying to make a play for this organization. I want those guys on this show. I want to connect with the alumni who care about this team and want this team to win and are straight shooters and are going to tell me exactly from their perspective what's going on and what they think needs to happen. Chris Matthews from 8 News Now, the gold standard in town delivering the news for sports. Chris is a great friend. Chris is everywhere. And Chris has got contacts all over town. Mark Chinook who's the hype guy at the Golden Knights, top rank, and at Raider games with the microphone. And what he's doing Mondays after dark is incredible in town. You want to talk about philanthropy? He's near the top of the list. So all of this is what I want to talk about today. We might get Johnny Katz in here. We got a couple other guests that I'm trying to book for today or tomorrow. But this is your window to get in right now because we're loaded up with interviews today. So if you want to give us a call on the must-win and your passion for this must win. If you're going to Kansas City, if you got one more thing you want to add before the game, today's the day to do it. Tomorrow is a short show as we're getting you ready as I host the Silver and Black show tomorrow. So we do an hour on Friday for the foreseeable future here, and then we'll be back on Monday. Oh, and Sunday, we're live very early, 8 a.m., broadcast at M Resort Spawn Casino. And, you know, last couple of weeks I was there on Thanksgiving and there's been different times, but the Kansas City game starts really early. And we'll uh, get you into that. If you're coming out Sunday, come on out. Have a Bloody Mary. 
Have a Modelo with me at the back bar. Have a Remy Martin cocktail. Come watch the Raiders at 10 in the morning at the official hotel of the Silver and Black inside the Raiders Tavern. We got a great setup where we do the pregame show where I host it with Eric Allen. So I think we gave you a lot. It's a big weekend. Uh, The Golden Knights won last night, which I believe is one of the best games I've seen in a year. I was on the radio last night in my home studio and watching that third period. I had friends blowing up my phone who were there. If you were at the Golden Knights game, please remember, we talk Golden Knights on this show. When the Raiders season ends, whenever it ends, I go right into the Golden Knights and more national topics here. So if you went to that hockey game last night, do you believe that the Golden Knights have a game now that they can look at and say, we're getting our veterans back? They pulled the goalie. They pulled Robin Leonard in that game and came back and won. I thought that was a big moment, and there's a huge Friday night game coming up at the Fortress. I'll be over at Virgin Hotels for Journey and some shenanigans over there, having some fun. I can't wait for the weekend as we're almost there coming up here. So we are ready to roll. We are ready to roll, and I want to hear the passion because I got Darren Waller and I got Romanowski today. So if you'd like to call this show, bring your A game. Sound off like you got a pair. Bring your A game and be a Raider fan. Get behind this team at 6-6. Six and six. You know, I was wondering what would the record be at this point this year. It would be nice to be 8-4. and four. It really would have not been nice to be. But I think 7-5 and five is where I had them. And they're 6-6. Six and six. You know, I didn't have the Raiders running away with this division. You didn't either. But the Raiders have been a disappointment over the last couple of weeks, other than the Dallas game, because they have taken steps back when they should be taking steps forward. So let's go over a couple of storylines here as I wait for you at 702-365-9200. As we look back at the Washington football game, no doubt it was a big game for the Raiders, and they weren't able to pull it out in the end. And if you look at some of the bright spots from that game, you'd have to be on the defensive side. There was nothing bright on the offensive side. After allowing an opening drive touchdown, they didn't allow another point for three quarters and forced four straight punts from the Washington football team. This group has shown time and again that they're a much better unit under Gus Bradley than in years past. This week, they'll have a chance to redeem themselves from a Week 10 performance that saw them give up 500 yards and 41 points. Ooh, 500 yards and 41 points. Now, another positive. Some rookies are getting involved. Two welcome sights on the defensive side of the ball with third-rounders Divine Diablo and Malcolm Kuntz. Diablo saw his most action of the year this past Sunday and had the second-most tackles on the team. And Kuntz made his 2021 debut and recorded his first NFL sack against Taylor Heineke. With the injuries the Raiders' defense is facing, it's crucial to get contributions from these rookies late in the season. You have to. It's next man up with this team. A lot of guys are hurt. And these guys were drafted to play, and now they're going to have to step up. Now, as we talk about the injuries, the Raiders have been no stranger to the injury bug this year. Richie Incognito, Denzel Good, Gerald McCoy, Nicholas Morrow being lost earlier, and more recently, Derek Carrier, Kenyon Drake, Alec Ingold, and Nick Witkowski finding themselves on the reserve injured list. It's a lot of guys, but the rest of the league also has... A lot of guys there, too. The depth on this team has been tested, but hopefully there are some reinforcements making their way back to the roster in the likes of Trayvon Mullen, Darius Phylon, and rookie 
Tyreek Gillespie. We know how banged up the secondary is. So getting players like Mullen and Gillespie back just in time for Kansas City would be huge. And then the big story about starting fast. Seven out of the 12 games, the opposing team has scored first. And the Raiders have been outscored 141 to 114 going into halftime through the first 13 weeks. An emphasis of this team for weeks has now been getting better and starting fast. And the coach said in the presser, and he told me, that you'll hear tomorrow about not only starting fast, but finishing fast. How do you coach this into a team? And what in-game adjustments can be made to make sure the players come out faster with their foot on the gas? Rich Gannon was incredible yesterday. And there's a headline that's going viral from our interview where Rich Gannon made it clear that this team is built to start fast and play up tempo. That's the key here. Rich Gannon, there might not be an offense more prepared to go up-tempo than the Raiders. That comes from Rich Bleepin' Gannon in an exclusive interview on Raider Nation Radio. Rich knows the playbook. He knows the Gruden playbook. He was kind to Greg Olson yesterday. He knows Derek Carr. He knows what it takes to have a quarterback who can read a defense and play up-tempo. And the Raiders refuse. They refuse to play up-tempo because they don't. They don't play up-tempo, so they refuse to play up-tempo. That's all there is to it. You know, you can use this in any field, in any world that you live in with your life or anybody else's life. If you're cocky enough to say, I can do whatever I want. I can do this at work. I can do this. I'm the best and do it. Don't tell us about it. Rich Gannon came on this show yesterday and said that this team was built with this quarterback at the line of scrimmage for playing up-tempo. They refused to do it. Why is that? That's what we've been trying to bleep and figure out for a month. So there's a couple of things. Number one, which I remind you of because we're all fans, tip your cap to the other team. The other team knows the Raiders want to play up-tempo. Maybe they're playing a conservative defense on the back end, and they want the Raiders to go underneath. That seems to be a justifiable answer to that. Number two, injuries, right? So they're trying to get guys in there to play. Number three, the offensive line. Maybe the offensive line, Derek doesn't trust him enough to let the play develop downfield, and then finally the quarterback. The quarterback is completely in charge of the offense, period. Greg Olson doesn't walk with Derek out to the huddle and stand in the huddle because Greg Olson does that at practice. And Greg Olson does that in walkthroughs. And he has to be on the sideline during the game. So why does Derek Carr not embrace playing up-tempo? I have no idea. And Derek's going to have the opportunity to play up-tempo at a high level at Kansas City because if not, the Raiders are going to get torched. You have to embrace the shootout. Do we all agree, guys and gals? Embrace the shootout. Go into Kansas City. I heard people saying on the radio today, hey, man, Raiders got nothing to lose. That's not reality. Nothing to lose. The Raiders played week one against Baltimore on Monday night like they had nothing to lose. They embraced the shootout, and they won in overtime. Did you see the energy they played with at Pittsburgh against Big Ben Roethlisberger at Heinz Field where they went up top? And played well. And again, no Henry Ruggs III forever. But you got other players that can come in here and make those type of plays. So embrace the shootout. So are we going to sit here on Sunday, on another Sunday, and watch the Raiders kill the clock on offense? 
The thing that pissed me off the most about the Washington football team loss as I stood outside the Mandelo Cantina Club with Eric Allen, and I'll never forget the look on Eric's face in that final drive when the Raiders, what they have, 17 seconds or 30 seconds, and I look at Eric and I said, wouldn't it be great to have more time? And what I meant by this is they were so nonchalant throughout the course of the game. They were, that's the only word I could come up with. They were so nonchalant with the clock, burning all this time on the play clock to change the play at the line of scrimmage, they sure as hell would have loved to have had two minutes and their timeouts and the two-minute warning at the end of the game. They would have won that game easily. They wouldn't have had to throw a Hail Mary. They could have thrown some out routes to Hunter Renfro. They could have had a draw. They could have won the game. So you would think in the second half of this game, the Raiders would play up tempo. We've been calling for it on the opening drive. We've been calling for the two-minute offense. We've been calling for the no huddle, and it falls on deaf ears. We can no longer do it anymore. I apologize, Raider Nation. This is it. Because if they don't run no huddle, and they don't play up tempo, and they don't play a big game, they're a nine-and-a-half-point underdog. They're playing in a venue where the fans are lunatics. It's one of the loudest environments. If they don't play up tempo in this game, the crowd's just going to get louder. There's going to be 15 seconds on the play clock. Derek's going to get to the line of scrimmage. He's going to point to the left. He's going to tap an offensive lineman. He's going to point to the right. It's going to say three, two, and then they're just going to bring the dogs. They're going to bring the house, and Derek's going to be fighting for his life. How about throwing a wrinkle into this game, please? I don't need a double reverse. I don't need a halfback throw. I don't need an onside kick, but I'd like to see Derek Carr take the offense to the next level as he's the second leading passer in the entire league and play like that. How do you get to becoming the second uh, second number two in passing yards and not have games where you come out and play up-tempo and fast? I don't know. I don't know. I talked about it today with Rich Passaccia. Rich Passaccia, always kind to me with his time. We went on a little bit of a longer interview about tempo and how to start fast, and they're trying. I know that Rich Passaccia is instructing the team how to play this game and what they need to do on the offensive side. The defense is okay. I mean, statistically, they're not great, but we know that the defense has been out on the field way too long. How many years on Raider flagship stations have we talked about, man, if Derek had a defense, if Derek just had a defense that could get off the field and get the ball back, Derek's had plenty of opportunities And then finally here, if Derek throws for 300 yards or more, he's undefeated. Pretty amazing, huh? If he throws for 300 or more yards, he's undefeated. You would think you'd want to get 80 to 90 cheap yards early in the game so that Derek's on his way to 300. Again, for the 10,000th time, I'll say it again. I have confidence in Derek Carr. I have confidence that Derek Carr is a very good quarterback in this league. He can lead this team to the playoffs. He can win playoff games, and he could be the franchise quarterback going forward on a contract extension. If he doesn't play well in this game, if he doesn't play to his highest level with passion, speed, excitement, then I believe next week Marcus Mariota will be at least in the conversation to be the quarterback of the Raiders going into the next game because there's really nothing much else for us to talk about, right? They'd be six and seven, and you got to throw a wrinkle in somewhere, and you got to look for a spark. It was a big game. 
Do or die, yes. We're past must win. Forget about must win. Must win nothing. Do or die. Let's treat it do or die on the show here and keep it going. All right? Jay in the Bay Area. Start us off, Jay. You're up first on Raider Nation Radio. What do you got? What's happening, JT? Sorry I missed you at the game. It was my first uh, Las Vegas Raider game. Man, I was so hyped. I got all the videos. Went in there. I'm like, one thing I got to tell you, JT, just from my perspective, it's not Oakland. They got the hype man saying Raiders. We never needed that in Oakland. Well, the, well you got and, a hype man. You got a hype man who's my friend who's joining us today. You got a oh, brand no new stadium. That's $2 billion, and I agree. It is not Oakland. It's not an Oakland tailgate. It's Las right. Vegas. It's so, so it's all of that. We're aware of that. Right, right. But you know what I do love? You know that stadium. You know who plays in that. That exemplifies yep. the Raiders. Only stadium in the NFL that you can say, oh, yeah, that's the Raiders stadium. But other than that, you know, we lost the game. And I can't believe how many Redskins fans, sorry, to the football team. When I'm walking out of there, I walked all the way back the strip to my hotel, which I was saying at Treasure Island, to walk it off because I was so pissed off. How many opportunities we squandered in that game. Like mm-hmm. An interception. We can't catch a damn ball. DBs could have put them away. I just seen this film on Carr where they do it, you know, the money quarterback right. thing. He missed mm-hmm. an open throws. I've seen it there in person. I'm seeing Deshaun Jackson. I'm seeing Renfro. Whatever. That's gone. The game's over. Turn the page. And I just heard something over here in the Bay Area, what the Seahawks did to the Niners. They punched him yep. in the mouth right away. They had to rob him of possession. That's what we got to do in Kansas City. Fake punt. Do what you got to do. This is mm-hmm. do or die. And we got to come out fast. And you've been saying it for I don't even know how long, the last month. Well, JT, you sold me, man. And I have a lot of friends that have moved to Las Vegas, and I got to see them and reminisce. I might be going to Vegas. You're going to see Journey. You're going to see Steam. This is sounding beautiful. But you know what? I'm not going back to that stadium unless they're in the playoffs this year, JT. Okay. All that I'll be there. Good, good, good. Now, I appreciate your call. I, I, I could give a crap if you don't come back to the stadium because you, you're waiting for something. I'm going. I'm trying to get Las Vegas excited about a brand-new team that has a brand-new stadium and there are brand-new fans here and other fans are coming from out of market and it's different. That's my job now is to get excited about what. I live in Vegas. I love Vegas. I love Oakland. I dip the show in reality every day. That pisses me off, that phone call, about everything that you don't like or what you're missing. I'm aware of it more than you. I do party in the black hole in Oakland. Now I do in Vegas at the tailgate. Okay, I I host the pregame show in Oakland. Now I host it in Vegas. I know what the past looked like. I've been on the sidelines with Ken Stabler, Pete Banaszak, Jim Plunkett, George Atkinson, Fred Bolitnikoff. I know what Oakland is, and I have passion for Oakland. It's in the past. It's the legacy of the team. Now we're in Vegas, and we're trying to get Vegas going, period. So, again, if you don't want to go, sell me your tickets. I'll buy all your tickets. Okay, that's the new rule here. If you don't want to go, if you got tickets, if you don't want to go, I'll buy your tickets at face value, and I'll bring Raider fans. I'll bring Raider fans. I'm fortunate enough that I could buy your tickets at face value. If you want to sell them to the opposing fans because you want to make a little bit of extra money because you're so desperate to, to, to sell one game, to pay for your three games, go ahead and do it. I can't control that. I am here to bring excitement to the Raider Nation and to talk about this team and the greatness of the Raiders. That's it. You know, I'm, I'm as pissed off as anybody in this month of December. I want to win more than anybody. So let's go. Again, hype, this, that, there's a concert. Oh, there's lasers. Oh, my God, there's a nightclub. Get over it or don't come. 
Everybody wants your tickets. Everybody wants to be there. The whole world is dying to get into Allegiant Stadium. If you're going to bitch and moan about it not being perfect and it's not exactly the way you were as a kid, then I have nothing to tell you on that topic. We're moving forward with or without you. 702-365-9200 as we continue on. Wow. It's good. I like that call. Let's go. Let's go. Let's get some people fired up like that last guy. Dave in Florida. Thanks for holding, Dave. Go ahead. How are you doing, JT? Um, the Raiders, there's no doubt they have the talent there, both offensively and defensively. And you are right in what you said regarding the Raiders slogans that are inside that building, that the certain players and leaders on that team is not embracing and putting it into effect on the field, like the will to win, just win baby, things like that. Take it to them instead of them taking it to you. So you are right on those points too. And in regards to Derek Carr, there's no doubt he has the talent and he has shown moments of greatness, but they also have been low moments. And he needs to be like other quarterbacks that are in the upper echelon of this league by using his legs when need to, to either to buy time until the open receiver is available or to make that first down or uh, avoid a loss on a play. If the play is broken out, uh, broken down the field, use your legs, try to get as much yardage. Instead of creating a negative, you, you create a positive. Those are the three points I would like to mention to you. Thank you. Yeah, I think that's really important. Look, we've been talking about Derek. He had a big run in Dallas. Had a big, big, big run in Dallas. And, you know, that, that really made a difference. That made a huge difference in that game. But what Derek, what Derek needs to do is that Derek needs to do it more often. And he has to extend the plays. And he has to have the design plays outside the pocket where he can keep the pocket alive and then throw. And they could be short routes outside the pocket. I don't think any Raider fan cares about that. And what I mean by a short route is 6 to 10 yards, enough to pick up a first down. You, you know what I mean? Like, look, if Derek wants to throw at 30, 35 yards, most likely he's not going to be doing it running for his life and then stopping and throwing it. What Derek likes to do when he throws at 30, 40, 50 yards is have a clean pocket, wait for the play to develop, and then step into the ball with that powerful arm and make a big throw. And he's done that countless times as the Raiders' passing leader. He can do that. We know that. But when he's outside the pocket, he is not Lamar Jackson. He is not Patrick Mahomes. He is not Aaron Rodgers. He is not Deshaun Watson. He's not. And he's, it's starting to be that he's not, not Justin Herbert, who's more comfortable and more athletic outside the pocket. And he's in the division. Two of those three guys that I mentioned are in the division. So... With all that being said, with all that being said, the Raiders need Carr to do what he's not comfortable with, running for first downs and making plays outside the pocket. And that's his job. The most important question that everybody asks me more and more and more is what does Derek have to do to be elite? Well, he's got to do what he's doing now, be second in the league in passing, win more games, and extend the play outside the pocket. Did I miss anything? He's already... He's already outstanding as a quarterback, outstanding. The only thing he has to do is run better or make more plays outside the pocket, and that's very hard to do. Jay's in Vegas here on the flagship. Hello, Jay. What's up, JT? Thanks uh, again for taking my call. 
Uh, look, JT, man, you hit the nail on the head as far as with, uh, when it comes to Derek Carr. You hit the nail on the head in every aspect. Look, man, I, I like Derek Carr. I'm a person that believes Derek Carr gives us the best chance to win. All these people talking about Mariota coming in, man, just play the quarterback swap game, and, and you'll find out clearly that Derek Carr gives this team the best chance to win. But the one thing, I, I caught the audio from his press conference yesterday, and it really, it kind of, man, I went home and I replayed it again because it really pissed me off, uh, the way he was talking as far as when it came to the sense of urgency. You know, when, when he was talking about, oh, well, if I'm not sure, you know, in the first quarter, if I have an open man down the field, well, then I'm just going to check it down to Josh Jacobs and, and get the first down. JT, man, I, I'm going to be honest with you, bro. I wish somebody would just grab him by the face mask and tell him, Derek, you, this is year eight. You've got one postseason trip. And although he did not play in that game, I consider it him being in the, in the postseason because he led the team to the postseason in 2016. And, and bro, you don't have much time. It, it's time. It's time to 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 show that sense of urgency. It's, t- it's time to to you know uh, take those risks. You, you see, you mentioned Justin Herbert. Justin Herbert, he'll he'll throw a deep ball in the, in the first quarter. He don't care if it gets intercepted. So what? There's still three quarters left to play. And mm-hmm. and I, I just he, he tr- it almost seems like he tries to play the perfect game, and it comes to bite him. You know, another thing that he said was, oh, well, you know, in the fourth quarter, I'll, I'll throw it down to Zay, you know, if, if we need it, if, if that needs to happen. Well, if he would take more risks and, 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 and cash in on those risks, maybe you don't put yourself at the end of the game to have to, to, have to throw the ball deep yeah. because, because you're behind. And it just really put, you know, and then we talk about, you know, like, like you said, you know, we talk about what we want to see. Uh, we call in every week to see what we want to see. And every time, you know, they, they, they don't come through. So at this point, like right now, I'm not even going to tell you if I want to see four wide, if I want to see someone start. The only thing I want to see in three words, JT, hair on fire. I want to see this team come out with their hair on fire. Look, man, we're, if we get this win on Sunday, we're right there still for the division. We're, and then we're, we inch up closer to the, to the wild card. It's year eight, Derek. It's year mm-hmm. eight. Let's get some more playoff games in here, Derek. Yep, Thanks, I agree with you. That's what Derek's trying to do. No one wants to get to the playoffs more than Derek Carr. No one wants to win more than Derek Carr, period. And that's how I balance the show. Got to be critical when he doesn't play well. Always behind him. When he plays well, we make sure we point it out here. We're just running a fast-paced sports talk show. And the Raiders are still alive. Yeah, it is hair on fire. It is a sense of urgency. We all know that as we're brought to you by Remy Martin. When I'm talking X's and O's, it's with the Remy Martin sidecar. How about the sidecar? One of the premium ingredients I love to order. Been around since 1922. I only order mine the original way. With Remy Martin cognac, little Cointreau and lemon juice. It pops. It's great. And the original sidecar with Remy VSOP. The royal sidecar with Remy 1738. That's how I elevate my cocktail game. All right, Chris Matthews, the Dean of Sports here in Vegas, coming up at the bottom of the hour, and our hype guy that the caller mentioned, Mark Chinook. Man, what this guy does in this town, he's in New York City with top rank, uh, getting ready to promote a fight. He's going to check in. Then we have Darren Waller, Bill Romanowski. That's what I got. I feel pretty good about it. How do you, Raider Nation? You feel good about Kansas City? And how to beat Kansas City? Tell me how the Raiders do it on the road, on the flagship.
Stevenson banks at left point. One-timer, kick save, loose out in front, jammed in! They've scored! Pacioretty puts the Knights on top! He found the loose puck at the left post. He rolled it in over top of Holtby. Knights take the first lead of the day, 5-4, with four minutes to go in the third. Oh, that was a great hockey game. Dan Duva on the call. I was on the air last night, kind of interviewing guys and jumping up and trying to be quiet as the Knights win that game. And then afterwards, I got the recap from our buddy Chris Matthews, 8 News Now. Chris, we got a lot to cover. I'll start with the hockey game last night. Put that game in perspective, how they won the streak that Dallas had and maybe how that gets the Knights going, going forward. Yeah, when you think about that, thanks again, JT, for having me on. When you think about that game, uh, prior to that, they played Calgary, the top team uh, in, in the Pacific, beat Calgary. They come in. Dallas has a seven-game winning streak, and uh, Vegas uh, catching up, catching up. They fall behind. They catch up. They're down a goal. They tie it 4-4. And it was just crazy. Four goals in the third, four goals in the second, four goals in the third, three of the four in the third by the Vegas Golden Knights, and those big guns were starting to come back. They were injured. You had Mark Stone out. You had Pacioretty out. Now they're back. You had uh, a score the first one, and then Stone, and then Pacioretty a minute and seven seconds later. Yeah, you talk about a thrilling. I mean, the fans are just so spoiled here in Las Vegas. This team is awesome. They got the big names. They got the high-priced guys. Yeah, We haven't even seen Nolan Patrick yet. Who knows what this guy's going to do? He's got hurt a long time ago. Uh, Martinez had that big laceration on his face, so when he gets back, you'll have that guy. And then uh, in a few months, as the as the playoffs roll around, you got Jack Eichel. So it's yes. like these fans are got to be so excited. And that win last night was big. They got a couple more home games before they hit the road and head back east. Chris, that game was on nationally on TNT, and they talked about it afterwards. I DVR'd it and went back. That everybody knows how loaded this team is. But it's been injuries, and you, you can't put it together if you don't have Eichel. No one knows the upside of Eichel and this team going forward. Expectations are high. But I'm sensing that the world of hockey now realizes that the Golden Knights are getting healthier and how explosive they can be. They're built to win the Stanley Cup because of their depth and star power. Yeah, just like from the first year, they've been able to roll four lines out there and you patchwork guys in and out of the lineup. But I, I think... Peter DeBoer has done a phenomenal job. When you think of all the injuries and he's placed different guys, he's brought guys up from the uh, Silver Knights and plugged them in, and just that they've been able to kind of maintain and win these games and not fall too far behind. I was just looking today. I think they're only five points out of first place, and he's, he's just done a fabulous job because there's been so many injuries. He talked about that he's never had so many injuries on a team. So just imagine when these guys get back healthy, strong once again, and it's a full roster. It's it, it, like you said, uh, these guys know how, how dominant this team can be if everybody stays healthy. Chris Matthews, 8 News Now. Have you come down off the high of your Utah Utes beating <laughs> Oregon and winning and going to the Rose Bowl? Ever since I met you decades ago, we've always talked about this. This is a dream for all their fans, including you. Uh, well, yeah, it, I mean, having gone to the University of Utah back in the whack days, and they were just mediocre, okay, and and to see where they've, where they've come now, part of the Pac-12. And in my lifetime, who knows if they'll ever get back to the Rose Bowl game. So i got to go to that game. It was just, I mean, they beat Oregon in Salt Lake City. I thought that was really neat. Oh, they're going to meet again right here in Vegas. i got to go see that game. And uh, went for Channel 8, covered the game. And, and to see them 
again score 38 points, just like in Salt Lake. Just a, it's just a fabulous year. Uh, and those who don't follow the Utah story this year, they had two guys that actually died from being shot. One at a party, one with some friends. It, it's just what a what a remarkable story. Whittingham up there, and the players rallied around. In fact, uh, down here in Vegas at the uh, Pac-12 championship game, they had one of the mothers as the honorary uh, uh, Ute, and she was down on the field before and after the game. One of the mothers uh, of, of the, the of one of the running backs who was shot and killed. And it's just what a story it's been. So I'm so proud to be a, a Utah Ute and get to the Rose Bowl. How great is that? And play Ohio State. You gotta love this. It's a dream. Hey, one more on that, Chris. You tweeted out that Vegas should be the permanent home for the Pac-12, and they're gonna be in a rotation for college football and college basketball. Obviously, the Final Four, all these big events there. That was a very important turnout by the Utah fans. Oregon didn't show up at the level. I don't think they realized the coach is gonna leave. They weren't that good of a team. But Utah proves, just like a lot of other schools in the Pac-12, their fans would rather be in Vegas for the championship game. It's something forward to look look forward to. It's a vacation. It's the entertainment capital of the world. It's the perfect fit. And that's why you got to have these sort of events in Las Vegas because, as you mentioned, you can come down here, spend a few days, eat at the nice restaurants, go to a show, go to the game, enjoy yourself. The weather is usually nice. Well, it'll always be nice now inside the, uh, inside the stadium. So it's just a fun time, and that's why you'll have, uh, you'll have a Super Bowl here in the next – five years or so or sooner you'll have these kickoff classics yeah how about that lsu and usc next year coming here for a kickoff game to the college football season just vegas is what it is you gotta and and, and the uh the uh, the commissioner of the pac-12 comes from the mgm in las vegas so he knows the value of vegas you'll see a lot of cool things here yeah, I think John Sassenti knew there was going to be two high-profile coaches. Red USC and LSU, it's the dream matchup for our guy, John Sassenti. Hey, finally, let's get into the Raiders while we have a few minutes. What a disappointing up-and-down season considering a 3-0 and start, 5-2 and and what lied ahead. But no one's ever covered a team. You've been doing this longer than anybody in town here. No one has seen a team go through what the Raiders have gone through off the field. Now – they got a lot of injuries, but they have to win in Kansas City. They're nine-and-a-half-point dogs. What do you see is what the Raiders need to do quickly to get into that game so they're in the game at halftime coming out in the third quarter? Well, they need uh, – obviously, we've talked about this. I know you guys have talked about it, and the Raider Nation has heard it millions of times. they got to start out quicker. they got to start out better. And they, and it's a must in the red zone. They, got it. they can't get field goals. they got to get touchdowns. What was the last year, Derek Carr? three touchdown passes and over 300 yards passing. So he's got to have another game like that. Uh, It's just, you got to get touchdowns in that red zone. You can't come away with field goals and expect to win against this team, this high powered chiefs team team. I was kind of going through some of this. Andy Reid is so phenomenal as a head coach against this AFC West. I was looking at number JT 85% winning percentage against the AFC West. So it'd be really neat if Rich Passaccia, and this team can go up there with Olsen making some plays and calls. And, and Derek, be a little more, I don't know, have a little bit more Brett Favre to you. Maybe take a few more gambles. I know that Favre was, you know, the NFL leader in interceptions and fumbles or whatever, but maybe bring a little bit of that Brett Favre mentality and don't be so conservative. And I know he that's just the makeup of Derek Carr, but maybe, maybe bring a little bit of that Brett Favre. Take a few gambles and see where it leads you because – 
Uh, it, it'll be interesting to see what they can do this weekend on a must-win game in Kansas City. I love what you said. First time I heard it that way. Bring a little bit more Brett Favre. Play like Brett Favre. That's what Favre was able to do. He didn't run a lot. When he ran, he ran out of necessity, and he ran hard, and he could throw on the run. I think Derek has the athletic ability to play bigger outside the pocket. Chris, if I don't talk to you throughout the holidays, I'll see you a bunch, I'm sure, but we'll get you on the radio. Thanks for everything you've done for us this year. You're a huge part of what we're doing locally here in Vegas. Thank you. Thank you very much, JT. Everybody, you and all your Raider Nation, have a Merry Christmas. I appreciate it. You got it, Chris Matthews, 8 News Now. And again, I watch Chris all the time. He's fantastic. And I also watch Kevin Bollinger, and I watch Vince Sapienza, and I watch the guys from News 3, my guy Dana Wagner driving around listening to the show. I'm just a newsman. I dreamed of being a newsman, not a Ron Burgundy, just a radio guy. But now I get to host the Silver and Black show and interview the coach on TV every week. But those guys, those are the gold standard. I'm just happy to be here in Vegas with them. All right, when we come back, Mark Chinook is going to join us. We're going to talk to him. Up today's Bob Arum's 90th birthday. Bob's 90 today. And Mark Chinook got hooked up with Bob Arum. And he got hired by the Raiders to be on the microphone during the games. And no one does it better at the Golden Knights games. And what Mark does with Mondays After Dark is what I wanted to talk about. And then Bill Romanowski and Darren Waller. Let everybody know. Retweeted in the Raider Nation. Romo Cop and Darren Waller nominated for NFL Man of the Year. Breakout begins for the Knights. Stevenson in, left wing, Pacioretty back out in front of shot. Kick save, rebound, score! Mark Stone ties it! 4-4, 5-13 to go in the third period. Man, I wish I was at that game last night. My buddies who went loved it. What a great comeback. What a big moment for your Golden Knights. Raider Nation, we're previewing Kansas City. Mark Chinook, kind enough to join us. He's got a busy day with top rank in New York. Hey, good to talk to you, buddy. We got a lot to get to in a short amount of time. It's Bob's 90th birthday. Is there a steak dinner, a big New York City night planned? Hey, this is an unreal weekend for top rank. And, you know, I'm a kid in a candy store to be a part of it. He's turning 90. We're in his hometown. Uh, we just wrapped our press conference with uh, Vasily Lomachenko and Richard Comey at the Garden Talk about a great time to be in New York City. December, the holidays, Bob's 90th, huge lightweight fight. It's it's unreal. It's fantastic. You're living the dream with your work with the Golden Knights and the Raiders. Let's talk about the Raiders. There's been a lot of excitement at these home games. You and Sibley doing a great job getting the crowd going. There's so much entertainment. Walk me behind the scenes when you get the rundown. And your day starts, because I see in the press box, you're there even as early as I am hosting the pregame show. What's a typical game day like for you at a Raider home game? It's it's eye-opening. Let's just start with that. I walk in, and, uh, you know, that run of show that we go over prior to kickoff is, is pretty incredible. Uh, Justin Casserly and Brad Finney leading the way. I, you know, again, just honored and privileged to be a part of such a an incredible organization, and, you know, we're getting better every every week. You know, mm-hmm. sometimes we go two weeks uh, with a home game without a home game, and so for me it's, you know, it's almost like, a, you know, I go into a little depression when there's no home <laughs> Sunday game because 
you know, I, I love being in that building. And I thought this last Sunday was by far the loudest our, our fans have been this season. You know, I think the home opener on Monday night might be the exception. But from a game standpoint, we were always in the game right up till the end. And the fans knew that. And, you know, you throw out a Raiders chant and to get that response, it's just unbelievable. When you have Rev Run or Sammy Hagar or something's going on in Wind Club and you got to get down there with Diplo, but then they want you on the other side of the field for. Let me tell you, I don't. I, I'm a man and I, I cry when I need to. Uh, it's not in front of Raider fans, but when you were up there with Jim Plunkett with the birthday cake with Sibley, and I was actually in my seats and I looked up and I said, whoa, 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 wait a second. I told people in my section, get ready for this. You break out the birthday cake on Jim Plunkett's actual birthday. The whole crowd is singing it. That was a great moment in Raider history for Jim Plunkett. I, I think it's, it's, I think it transcends all of sports. Yes. It obviously goes without saying that it's a great Raiders moment, but when you got a, a two-time Super Bowl champ, watching the game, and 65,000 people break out and happy birthday, uh, that's just a cool moment in sports. I don't care what sport it is. It could be bocce in Italy. When your fans start singing happy birthday to you and there just happens to be 65,000 of them and like, literally the players on the field even turned around and looked up, uh, it was pretty cool. Absolutely. Mark Chinook. So tell us, it was great that the Golden Knights put the eighth birthday of what you do with Monday's Dark and what's coming up here at Virgin Hotels. I'll be there Friday night for Journey. You know how much I love Boz and the entire team there, formerly the Hard Rock, and now you'll be in Virgin Hotels in the theater. Tell us about the milestone coming up this Monday. Yeah, so eight years ago I started this little nonprofit just on a whim. I wanted to give back to the community. I was performing full-time in Rock of Ages as a Broadway performer, and uh, it was just sort of my way of giving back. I bring together entertainers on Monday night, and we throw a variety show party. And at the end of 90 minutes, we would write a check for 10000 bucks to a different local charity every time out. And we've thrown 140 of these parties since we've started. So wow. we've raised about $1.4 for Vegas. And Monday's Dark started at the Hard Rock. So this is really something special for us. We're going back to the building where it all began. But we're not in a room with 250 people. We're going to be in the joint, which is now the Virgin Theater, with 2,000 people. And it's uh, literally uh, maybe hours away from selling out. The last time I checked, we were at 1,650, 1,700. We have enough seats for 2,000. And to be able to bring Monday's Dark back to where it all started in this iconic room, you just said you're going to be there for Journey. The fact that I get to come out on that stage with my product our nonprofit, giving back to Vegas in that legendary room with Boz and Gary and everybody from the Virgin team there to support. There's going to be 42 local charities represented. 90 minutes, we're going to raise as much money as we possibly can. We're hoping to raise a quarter of a million in 90 minutes. Tickets are 20 bucks, and it's, it's just going to be a great, great, great night. Mark Chinook, as we wrap it up, what I'm proud about our friendship is I know what you do behind the scenes. I know all your work. Especially, I was so happy when you got this boxing gig. But what you do on Mondays is really a bedrock here in this community, and you had to fight through COVID. And I, you know, some of these events you had to put together with COVID and restrictions as they were changing back and forth the whole time, a lot of people would have said, hey, we'll wait until we can do it under our terms and do it a little bit differently. But you've been fighting through that. How big of a challenge has that been? It was awesome. You know, we pick 21 charities a year to partner with and, and write $10,000 checks to. 
And when the pandemic forced the venue to close, we had to make a decision. We're like, hey, listen, we got, we got you know, 20 more events or 15 more events on the books. What are we going to do? And uh, we went out and we brought in a, an incredible live stream system. And we put the event up online on our website and social media for free for people to tune in. We brought the entertainers in through the back door safely, socially distant. And we were able to maintain our commitments all through the pandemic. And we actually raised more money. Uh, streaming and, and making it free online than we did actually in person. So now we have a sort of hybrid model where we got butts and seats and we're streaming a, across the planet. So we got people watching in Brazil, Canada, Australia, Singapore. It's been really cool to see the brand grow and continue to thrive through the pandemic. Mark, where can we get tickets for Monday night? Where are they left? Where can we go find them quickly? Mondaysdark.com. It's mondaysdark.com, 20 bucks theater at virgin monday night doors at seven show at eight you'll be on your way home by 10 o'clock i promise with a big smile on your face thanks have a great time in new york buddy see you at the next raider game thanks, thanks for having me on love you brother all right mark chinook what a job he does in town here you know, a lot of guys chet buchanan is raising money with his toy drive we try to help out with all the work we do behind the scenes when i get a chance to MC. but these guys like mark chinook man the the the, the philanthropy what's in them their dna to go out and raise that type of money and be selfless and do it every week. So when you see him up at a Raider game on the microphone, getting the crowd going or at a Golden Knights game, remember, this guy also has another life, what he's doing as an entertainer and trying to help out charities here in the community. That hour went fast. Uh, This hour coming up, I'm really excited for. Bill Romanowski will rip the roof off, as he always does here at the top of the hour. Really looking forward to that. And then Darren Waller after practice. So I'm kind of texting back and forth with the Raiders. We're going to have Darren Waller coming up. And then your phone calls the rest of the way, 702-365-9200. Thrilled that the Golden Knights won last night. That was fantastic. We're behind Kevin Kruger. We want Kevin Kruger to get going. We hope that Marcus Arroyo has a great offseason recruiting for UNLV football. Oh, and I wanted to congratulate our friend and former Raiders coach, Jay Norvell, who's left Nevada football to go to Colorado State. He's now the highest-paid coach in the Mountain West. I think the world of Jay, our wives are good friends. I go back a long way to the Raiders' Super Bowl run when he was on that staff, and now he goes to Colorado State, stays in the conference, and I think you're going to do great things there. Always pull for my friends to do great things. And luckily, we got a lot of good friends that join us here on the radio. And I hope that Darren wins the NFL Man of the Year. It's tough to predict that because there's 32 other gentlemen who are nominated for that award. But when you get that NFL Man of the Year cape patch sewn on your jersey, like Eli Manning or Drew Brees, and it's reminiscent to Walter Payton and the life that he had on the field and off, that's special. And for Darren Waller, I hope he gets it, period. I want Darren Waller to be the NFL Man of the Year like we all do. And considering what the Raiders have been through this year and how Darren continues to put his head down, as a great player rehabbing an injury and worries about his foundation and helps out others through his sobriety, now how does he not win? You know, J.J. Watt wanted for hurricane relief. We get it. What Darren's doing, it's special, so we'll talk to him next hour. Raider Nation Unite. It's a do-or-die, must-win game. Call it whatever you want. Maybe that's what we should do. Maybe title the game. How would you title this game at Kansas City? <laughs> 